You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by HuntStand. HuntStand is the number one hunting app in the country, and at only $29.99, HuntStand offers a ton of functionality for hunters all over the country. Whether you own your own property or strictly hunt public, you can choose from over a dozen base maps, view property ownership information, 3D mapping, local weather, log your sightings and harvest, as well as use their trail cam management software, and print maps from your hunt areas. Download it today at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Hunt Stand. Upgrade your arsenal. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Got a full house tonight again. That's nice, two in a row. That's pretty yeah, cool. Doing good. We got Nate, myself, Micah, and Andy. Oh, so yeah. we're getting. I ain't gonna miss a Coyote podcast. Well, of course, <laughs> of course. I mean, that's your bread and butter, man. So I get it. So I don't know if it's bread and butter. I like it, <laughs> dude. It's so much fun. It really is. And speaking of coyotes, how we doing tonight? We're doing you're, great. you're getting better at this hosting thing, but. You just like jump right into it right after saying welcome to the show. I just don't think people f- care how we feel. Yeah. You just got to you know, you know, ease into it. They want to get into the topic at hand, I would assume. That's why they clicked you on it. You boys been doing any coyote hunting? Isn't that topical? Nate just no. wants to, ha- wants to he, say on this podcast. Yeah, yeah he uh-huh. wants to say, hey, I killed Nate, a coyote. you been doing any coyote hunting? Have we? I don't know. Have you? I have, yeah. I had an enjoyable day last Saturday. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. You went out Saturday. That's all you're going to you say. You're not going to tell the we story. You can tell the story. I I was just there. No, you were not. He was running a call. I guarantee it. Yeah, he did. You got to shoot a coyote. Well, actually, well technically, three all of three of you got to shoot a coyote. <laughs> you can but. check it out. It's on our social media pages. I think yeah. it's, remember, is it just on Facebook? Is it on? No, no it's, I think on, it's just it's on, on. I think it's on both. It's on the I remember. It's on the yeah, It's on the tacticam. We gave the old coyote a one, two, three. Yeah, and whoop. Dropped just, should have been two, but uh, we won't mention any names. Someone got a little excited. <laughs> Pat, <laughs> <laughs> I see one. Click, bang. <laughs> uh, I've never laughed so hard. Uh, it was get a little excited. There, like I, I knew, I felt him. I felt it for him. Like I understood. Yeah, that right there, that feeling, you know. And I'm yeah. just like, yep. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, because when you don't kill a lot of them, you get super excited, oh. and you're just like, there he is. He's gonna see me. I'm gonna shoot him or yep. whatever. So that. Just comes with time, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, we don't get to do it as often as we like to. A lot of times, right, I mean, yeah. 
And uh, when you get the chance, I mean, it gets that blood flowing, and that's what's about. I mean, that's the experience is that that adrenaline rush. Yep. Yeah. But uh, that was a good day. Yeah. And then uh, we're gonna be well. We're recording this before, but we're starting some our tournament season, quote unquote, this yeah. weekend. Check out our Facebook page. I think I pinned it at the top. There's a list. I haven't updated it for a little bit. I think there's a couple more I need to put on there. Seriously? But, uh, yeah. Uh, there's quite a few in Missouri. Uh, I think we're up to like 25 on that like list. 24, 25 for sure. But I think there's some other ones popping up here and there that I need to get added. Get at it. Yep. Yeah. Slacking. But now you can do it, Coast. Now, now ease into the subject. Today, we have <laughs> returning guest. Uh, had a great podcast podcast with him last time. We had another one tonight. Uh, our buddy Heath Baker, who yeah. is a coyote killing, crazy yep. son of a gun. <laughs> we appreciate him taking time out tonight too. Absolutely, yeah. especially he was hosting some people. So, but check him out over on the Predator Tactics page. Watch some live feeds. Yep. Yep. Gets yeah. a lot of people in trouble during the day. Kids in school watching his live feeds and yeah. uh, folks at work tuning in <laughs> if, if you like this one you guys can always go back and listen to last year's i actually did it the other day i listened to last year's episode i don't remember what number it is i'll just tell you nate's looking real quick but uh i enjoyed going back and listening to that one yeah while nathan's looking at that we got a few sponsors we're gonna mention real quick uh huntworth gear huntworth, so, man, I, you I'll were you what you went what was that saturday sunday S- sunday bitter cold it was three degrees yeah and that was fine. Yeah. You had the cold weather gear. Did awesome. I've been in hunting and I went deer hunting and it was down to, I think it was 15 degrees and I was comfortable. So, so. I had the bibs on and then the, their late season jacket. And uh, I would say probably the number one piece was that neck gator. Dude, yeah. They the, had this neck gator with the Sherpa fleece lining. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. The neck is the body's radiator. <laughs> That's, where'd you get that? That's factual. Yeah, that's no, factual. but where'd you get that? From some dad. I don't know, dude. <laughs> from, from I, I, think, I, I think it was a guy. He's high school football coach. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying. Make you, sure you take care of your neck. Well, if you can keep your neck warm, that's going to help out a lot. I don't disagree. I just like to give you a hard time. Because yeah. that neck gator is. Dude. It's, it's and awesome. I'm not a trapper hat person. You look kind of funny. But it's cool. At uh, three degrees, <laughs> I threw that bad boy it's on. It's cool. I like dude, it. Dude, it was. Oh, my head was sweating. I yeah. wore my late season stuff, not to continue on too long, but I wore my late season stuff taking the kids sledding the other day. And uh, I was wearing my bibs, my hoodie, and the coat. Oh, yeah. And, and the base layer under everything. But it was my light, my lightest base layer. Mm-hmm. I'm in an ATV going between 10 and 25 miles an hour. Trying to kill and I started kid. getting hot. Like, I'm getting sweaty, and I'm st- sitting there Yeah, is all I'm doing. I'm just like, this stuff is legitimately warm and uh, uh, being windproof is honestly the biggest thing yep. for me. Yeah. So that's huge. Check them out. Use our code M- MWW15 for 15% off. Um, you know, it's assuming that still works. We don't know. I would assume they, it would, but yeah. if it doesn't, it'll work. If it doesn't, they always have 20% sales at some point in time. Yeah, most yep. of the time. Save yourself and a little more. And first of all, it's affordable anyway. <laughs> you right. don't even really. Comparatively need it. to the other stuff, I mean, I'm not saying anything else is is bad, but if you look at any other brands, I would put Huntworth's quality up with everybody's, but their price below it. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, also, Alps, so. Alps Outdoors, um, awesome partners of ours, Missouri-based company. Yep, great people over there that uh, work there. 
um, really support children in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and they got know. anything from literally your little hunting stool I take, your camping stool, turkey vests, backpacks, tents. Bino I mean, harnesses. let's talk about hunting stools. That's my go-to stool for coyote hunting yeah. is my Alps little tripod. I, I use the tripod, it. three-legged. Just, it's got a little. That's what tripod means. Three-legged. Yep. <laughs> They call me try. Never mind. <laughs> and you know, it's got just a little cloth seat yeah. at the and I mean it's small, it's easy to throw in my pack. My fat ass ain't broke it. And <laughs> I don't like being on the ground anymore. I like being up a little bit and yep. um that's that's great. But and if you do want to be on the ground, they have a couple options for that too. I have that I got uh, that Grand uh, Slam turkey vest and you have the Predator whatever it's called. I don't remember what something. it's called, but But uh, it has the the legs that kick back yep. and you can just literally post up wherever. Which I've still got somewhere back here and i mean it's a great it's a great pack i'll it's take just, it with me this weekend in case yeah. there's a stand i want to sell on the ground yeah yeah so uh the great people over there they've you know they came through like we've talked about in that that youth deer hunt mm-hmm. um, huge they, they, huge they donated that. so much stuff i was thinking they might send a few packs for the kids yeah and then i get the mail on monday to to give over send it to give it to the uh the tournament people and i'm just like dear lord <laughs> I did not think they were going to send this much, and that's that you know that's the type of people that run that company. So go out and support them, especially being a Missouri-based company. Yep, uh, check them out. Um, we're happy to be partnered with them. Uh, let's now, get into the show. Let's get, get into the show with Heath Baker. Yep, this is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, with us tonight, the man who really doesn't need an introduction, but we will do it anyway, Heath Baker. What's up, man? Oh, just living the dream, one coyote at a time. <laughs> Can we start referring to you as the legend yet, or do you have to be older? Man, how's, how's that work? What's guy, the application process? I live feed, and it's, we, it's so weird because I still look at Randy Anderson as a legend. I don't think, you know, he's the man. You know, he's retired now pretty much, but. It's just crazy. I'll always be that freaking fifteen year old kid that just ate up with Kyle and wanted to learn, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're talking to you on Zoom. Nobody can see this. We just do this for ourselves. But you've been out right. hunting all day. You got face paint on and oh, uh, yeah. you've been hitting it hard, you said. Yeah, I'm actually guiding some guys from PA this week and we've had night season opened in Kansas and we've been over there with thermals and we've killed fifteen coyotes in pretty much two days. Jeez, it's been crazy. Yeah. Is that strictly night hunting that y'all are doing that? Yeah. Just strictly. Uh, well, just... the other night we hunted all night. And we're like, yeah, we're here. Might as well make a morning stand. So we made a morning stand and killed another one right at sunup. Nice. There you go. <laughs> yeah. this, this weather hasn't, I mean, the last week it kind of has been, but it hasn't really been cooperating too much as far as the cold. Well, here's what's weird, man. Um, right before it started getting cold, it was like a little bad. Like I was calling maybe one, two dogs in a day and I had to work for them. And then, but consistency is key with coyotes. And if it's consistently warm, they'll call. If it's consistently cool, they'll call. But when it fluctuates back and forth, it's like it just screws them up. But the moon was full recently. And when that moon was full, they shut down. They were, because coyotes can't see that great at night, but when the moon's out, they can see. So they hunt at night and they don't mm-hmm. want to move during the day. They don't come out during the day. And, they didn't howl for like I didn't hear a single howl for two and a half weeks. Yeah, and then it just turned on whenever you know 
whenever uh, moon went away. The moon went away and it cooled yeah. off. Yeah. Oh, just in time for it to warm up for Saturday. Great. Yeah. So we're record, recording this. This will Is come out on Tuesday. Up? It's supposed to be 50 here. It's supposed to be almost 50 on Saturday. Uh, honestly, that won't be a bad deal because am I, am I, like, it's when it's it's going to be bitter cold the two days before, right? Yeah. yeah. Friday's going to warm up a little bit. They'll get out and want to move. Yeah. Look Fingers at crossed. They'll be out mousing after they've been dinned yeah. up and oh, trying to get warm. Die. Yeah, we're actually <laughs> uh, we're recording this show with Heath on uh well today's Thursday or Wednesday. 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 January fifth, I think, is today's date. Yep. And uh yeah. so what we're talking about is we're all uh, our teams are going down to Harrisonville to do the explicit outdoors tournament. And uh he I think Heath's doing it too and he's coming down to do a uh Are you doing a seminar beforehand? seminar on Friday, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, unfortunately, everybody that's listening to us right now will listen to this after the tournament's already happened. So, I would tell everybody to go do it, but it's already going to be done by then. So, yeah. uh, I think it'll have a big turnout, though. It was pretty good last year. It was good last I year. With my, I hunted with my son and one of my buddies, Matt, who lives up that way. We had, I think we killed five. It was warm, though, man. It was real warm. Yeah, it was that day. Yeah, I wasn't at that one last year, so I don't remember. But. Yeah, it's uh we're excited to do it. It's the first one we're we're doing this year. I guess it's really the first one at all. It's kind of the first one on the schedule. We put together a schedule of them on our Facebook page of Missouri tournaments, and this is the first one up. Yeah. So. Yeah, the the guy that won it last year, he's terrible, Kyle Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> As he looks over his As shoulder. He looks over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, he, here he is coming over for me to put sounds on his call. <laughs> Little does he know, I'm actually gonna met, he'll he'll push rabbit and it'll do like a siren. <laughs> I was gonna put, I, I got another one bites of dust. I was literally gonna just put all of them. There's another one bites dust. <laughs> just rename them. Just rename everything. Oh man, it'd be funny. I mean, I guess when you're just driving around shooting out the window, it doesn't matter. What Man, uh, I, w- I wish he could hop on and defend himself, but he's just, I know. He's, just screwed. he's helpless right He's helpless <laughs> over there. Nah, he's a good dude, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we. He's uh, actually putting a tournament on down here, too. What, what date is that? 29th. Uh, what, what's the name of it? The MWM. Yeah, yep, yeah, it's, yeah. It's on our list. We yeah, got that on our yeah, list, too. Yeah, yep. we got it. Yep. Yeah, you guys got to be in there. Yep, right we, put, we put that on our list, too. Damn, they can't. It's not like video thing, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'll be a good one. Yeah, nope. We'll double, we'll um we'll make sure we put that out there. I think I, I know it's on the list, and I think I have a, hey, a you copy get, of the flyer. Did you get belt buckles. Hey, oh, the trophies are like WCW belt. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. You don't know that's how you don't know how bad I want a WCW belt. I know. Like, I'm here. like, hey, you know, that's pretty cool. Hey. If I if, if I won that, Bo would be like all about that, putting up on his wall. <laughs> You think that's the coolest thing in the whole world? We, so you uh, better believe I'd be wearing that through Walmart. <laughs> oh, See yeah. my belt. <laughs> right, I might, I might wear it for the next three sixty five. Those better be real gold. Is all Jeez, I got to say. It better not oh, be yeah. that plastic. Is all I'm saying. You know when? <laughs> is the one has a spinner in yeah. the middle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Ugh. That's that's. I'm gonna awesome. walk in there looking like Randy Savage, the check-ins. <laughs> Oh, got your shirt like you know high waiter what is it called uh, now nah, you gotta wear the, the feather <laughs> thing coming down and there you go big old fluffy coat uh, at least we got style that's true that's true so anyways that's happening this weekend uh 
And we're just going to talk about some yeah. stuff, I mean, some hunting now. I think we just kind of get into all different levels of it. I mean, yeah. just kind of start from the basics and let's see where it goes. But. Yeah, we were uh, we were talking before we recorded and, you know, talking about what you used to do for a living. And that's kind of the, the way we're going to go today is we might talk about some calling, sure. But it's more so about reading coyotes, you know. Right, I, right. I would assume Heath is pretty damn good about reading coyotes and, you know, we've tried to get better at it as we've learned and become better coyote hunters. But, you know, there's a lot of people that are first starting to try it out or whatever. And, you know, they might see a coyote come in and be able to read it differently and get a closer shot if they understand body language or understand vocals. So uh, let's just like. Well, pay- even, but there, there's something that's even more important before that. Yep. Because you can't really read their body language if you don't stay composed. Absolutely. Honest to God, like the most composed hunter that I've, and this is the truth that I've ever hunted with is my son. <laughs> he is the, I'm by, I, I, I recorded, I filmed him shooting some coyotes recently with his new six arc and they're going to go viral. The kid, the kid's just so composed and confident and he doesn't get, you know, overly excited and make an irrational decision, pull the trigger too early. I mean, he knows, but he's been spoon fed this stuff since he was, he's been blowing a hand call since he was two. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, before you even, you know, get to the point where you're reading their body language to try to figure them out, you get, you got to stay composed and not rush a shot or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I haven't oh, laughed. Not over, over call or get too excited. I haven't laughed yeah. so hard when oh, I was watching God. the video. You'll like this story. Well, th- this isn't the story from this weekend, but I was, okay, we were watching Heath and Bo. And uh, he just shot that one coyote. We guys are out west. He shot that one yeah, coyote to the right of the tree. Heart punched it. Yes, heart punched it. And then you said there's another one, but it was like 500 yards. And you said, right. and you, I could hear you say, "Dad's got this one. I, I'm, I'm dead nuts." And he, he, he just straight up said, "I'm dead nuts. <laughs> I, I got it." <laughs> I said, "I said I'm dead nuts on it." Bo goes, "I'm dead nuts." <laughs> and he Dude, meant it too. He, he had flat. straight confidence. He's he going to drop flat. that sucker at 500, man. He's like, "I'm dead nuts. Let me at it." That's hey, awesome. I kid you, I kid you not. The kid shot a, a steel plate at 680 yards with my brace built six creed on the first shot. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. I got it recorded on film. He shot nice. it first shot. Yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a stud. I mean, it makes me feel bad about myself, honestly. I'm like a five year old's better than me, but hey, <laughs> better. <laughs> he's uh, twenty four for twenty six. He's only missed twice. That's nice. awesome. That's awesome. That's pretty good. So yeah. let's kinda like start, let's say like a stand, right? So you're you're calling coyotes. Um, and it might change from morning to midday to evening, but let's just say you're on a stand or a sit. Right. And uh, you start getting some calls back. You know, they start replying like to you. Yeah. So yeah let's yeah. talk about, like, reading their vocals and things that you pay attention to when you're hearing coyotes back. Um, what are things you're thinking about and what you do differently based on what you're hearing? I mean, we'll go into all kinds of stuff, but just start like that. So – basically the first the the first first two stands last two stands um unless it's breeding season then i have all day i always start with like a subtle i you know predator tactics in my opinion which you watch live feeds 671 coyotes and like oh more than that now add 15 to that but uh in a year and five months and 
all of them were with the PT sounds, but I kill 85% of my coyotes on vocals. And I include pup distress with that. But if you think about it, when you start out of stand, like they're submissive coyotes and they're like aggressive dominant coyotes, you know, like alphas. Right. They're far more submissive coyotes than they are dominant coyotes. And one time this guy messaged me, he's like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I started my standout with vocals. I said, what'd you play? He said, challenge how? Well, if you start your standout with a challenge how, those submissive coyotes out there, which there's more of those than there are dominant, they're going to shy away from that. They don't want to fight. You know what I mean? So yeah. I always start subtle with, and, and that predator tactics, the PT female interrogation is like the most subtle, just woo, you know, it's not mm-hmm. threatening. So if it's, if it's a submissive coyote, it's still going to want to come and investigate. It doesn't feel threatened, you know. He's taking notes over here. Yeah, yeah. This, this, this is like, I, I bet you I've killed. 70% of my coyotes, and I, I don't have secrets, man. I want everybody to go out. I'm going to tell everybody what I, I'm doing at the freaking tournament. I'm not scared, you know? Right. Because it's just I want everybody to enjoy it and have fun. And and I know a lot of guys out there, you know, just want to keep their secrets and whatever. In my opinion, if you're that good of a hunter, you adapt, even if they get harder to call. This is the way it goes. But uh, I start the first couple of things, I'll play female interrogation. And, and the biggest thing is, I, you know, People think, oh, you play female interrogation, you punch the button, and you let it play all the way through. No. Because a coyote's not going to sit there and howl for, you know, two and a half minutes. I'll let it howl right. twice, and then I'll wait 30, 40, 50 seconds a minute, unpause it, let it howl another time, and then I'll wait. Now, if they – if say I get a single, an, another long howl, which is like a subtle interrogation howl, which is another coyote letting another coyote know – it's it pre- his presence is there you know yeah then i'll switch it up to a little more like uppity interrogation that's more like uh i'm reaching for my hand call someone like <laughs> but uh like you know a little more not aggressive but a little Higher more pace, side of it, yeah. you know what i mean yeah yeah but it's still not threatening i just amp it up just a little bit and then i wait and that waiting period is important, man, because I know I've hunted with guys, which I don't even remember the last time I didn't call when I hunted with people. But <laughs> the last time I did, he howled and he waited like two minutes and then he jumped right into rabbit or he jumped right into another vocal. I'm like, no, man. So you got a coyote at a thousand yards. It's going to take him a minute. They don't come most of the time when you howl, they don't come sprinting like they do when they're hungry to a rabbit. They'll just, you know, walk that way. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take them some time to get there. So you've got to be patient. I mean, you know, it's really important just to be patient in between your vocals. And then I say this all the time on my life. It's just because you howl and they don't respond doesn't mean they're not coming. Mm -hmm. Cause there's how many live feeds have I I howled and I waited a few minutes and then I had seven show up and they never have back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they just showed up. Yeah. Yeah. They show up the same where I killed five. I howled and two popped out right there to my right. They didn't howl back. I was but, listening to another podcast, and the guy put it like you just kind of did that. Say a coyote on a dead runs forty miles an hour, or whatever it was. I mean, he did the, broke it down the math. Basically, if it comes from a mile away, it'll take him six minutes to get there. Well, he's on a yeah. trot. You got to think if he's on a trot, it's going to take him longer. Yeah. I mean, if he's not on a dead run, yeah, double that. Yeah, yeah he's going to take him longer. And if he's just walking and taking twenty minutes. But here's here's yeah. the thing: like, like it depends on where you're hunting too. You go out West where me and, but we're, but we're just talking about both. You're not kind of two seventy. Yeah. Those guys can come from miles, man. My minute. I, it's funny because I could have killed so many more coyotes back in the day. 
I would make like 15 minute stands. 12 minutes. I got eight minutes, dude. I'm sitting there. I'm like, ain't nothing coming. Let's go. Right. Up and, you know, we'd see one running off. I'm like, ah. Oh. But then I do the same thing the next stand because I was impatient. You've seen live feeds where I've, you know, sat for an hour and then killed a double at the hour mark, 45 minute mark. There was one I killed a quad. I killed the first guy at six minutes, uh, a double at 15, and then I killed the fourth one in an hour. Because if you think about it, say there's there's multiple coyotes out there. You got one at 300 yards. There might be a 1,000-yarder, a 1,500-yard. They're all going to get there at different times. Mm-hmm. And just because you shoot, being suppressed helps, but just because you shoot doesn't mean they're all just going to run off. Right. I mean, I call coyotes in. I call them back in more than I don't, you know. Right. You know, a lot of guys are like, oh, we got one. Let's go to the next stand. No, nah, we ain't done. You know what I mean? Huh. But yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like Randy Anderson's stages of calling, you know. He starts with his vocals, and then he, if they respond, he responds accordingly. Then he goes to their feeding instinct; they don't come into vocals, and then he might go into like their territorial aggression with butler stress. So a lot of guys don't hit on all of those in a stand. Right. I always do, because if you just hit on one, like you know, uh, just play rabbit. Well, maybe that guy wasn't hungry, but if you'd have howled, he might have been territorial. Yeah. So you're only, you know, upping your odds of calling a coyote if you touch on all of those instincts. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. You, you're putting odds in your favor more. And that's the biggest thing, man. Every time I go on a stand, I try it in my head. I'm like, It's like a computer. It's like I'm walking in. I'm looking where I can sit, where, you know, I don't want the sun in my eyes. I want the sun in the coyote's eyes if possible. Am I walking in with the wind? Like, is the wind going to blow to where? The, what's that? Uh, I don't want the wind blowing. Hey, are they, are they playing coming. poker? No, they're just standing around listening to me jabber. Right <laughs> I swear I hear poker chips or something. <laughs> soaking it yeah. in like a sponge. Whatever, you're taking notes. I've seen you on your phone. I don't know. Soaking it in, soaking it in like a sponge. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the more things – and, like, I actually – I need to, like, get this out so people can, like, use it. But I have a, a checklist. It's in my head, but I, I've actually got a, a sheet I made. <laughs> you if you check mark all the boxes, all it's going to do is put the odds in your favor more. Yeah. Like, are you are you sitting where you can see your downwind? Is the wind blowing from the coyotes to you, or at least crosswind from where they're at? You know, so you can put them in front of you. <clears throat> Even the how you position the freaking call on the stand, where you put it, and where you point it is super important. That's one of the most important. I have a buddy walk the call out there, set it down, and I'll get up and walk back out there and move it. Because I'm like, no, if you point it that way, they're going to circle the sound this way. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. You want to position the call to basically try to uh, manipulate that coyote to go in front of that sound through the best shooting lane you have. Yep. That makes sense. There's so much. There's just a lot of stuff, man. It's kind of like if you're like, if you equate it to people, if you had a beta person in their house and somebody walked up to their front door and pounded on the door and said, open your freaking door. Now the chances yeah, of them coming to the front door are next to nothing. But if you, yeah, but if you got girl scouts up there like, Hey, you want to buy some cookies? Yeah, they're gonna open you come the door, open that you know door, door mate. I'm going to give me some cookies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, then you come open that door. You say hello. Then maybe that person, person, you know, flips you off, you know, just a, a short little flip off. All right. Well, oh, yeah. well, screw you too. You know, and, and you can kind of, yeah. I, can, I see what you mean. And then, and, then, and then the put distress kicks in. There's a fight. Right. You know, yeah. if you knock on my door and put me out, that's right. And then the people come <laughs> running from the back room, and then there's multiples. Yeah, yeah. See, then the dad comes out and is like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That went. Yeah, I get what he's saying. But, but you see, 
here's the thing too. Uh, there are different times of the year when the coyotes are more aggressive, you know, like summertime. If you go back and watch live feeds in the summer, I was 85% kill ratio, but I would, I would make a first light stand and a last light stand and drive around all day in between and pick up ground and, and find spots where every little box can be checkmarked. So you know let's, I mean? let's talk about that a little bit. What, you know, your checkmark box, when you're looking for a, a place, a stand, and you're you're looking at new ground, trying to find a place. Kind of go through your checkbox, like you're talking about. Let, let's break that down a little farther. When, like, well, I mean, I lived on Onyx maps, man. I couldn't mm-hmm. survive without it. I mean, so I'm on there looking at topos. Like, I pick up a new piece of ground. The first thing I look at is uh, where do I think the coyotes are going to be at on it. So you got a section, mm-hmm. and uh, the south half of it is cattle pasture, and the north half is a thick ditch or something with brush in it. So in the mornings, where do you think the coyotes are going to be? Mouse sitting around in that cattle pasture, eating cow crap, what after birth, all that stuff. So you, you know, you wouldn't want you'd want to set up to where you can get in there, get elevated, and have visibility, but not get busted in the mornings, you know. Mm-hmm. But say you hunt that spot, you know, at one o'clock, then you want to get the wind from the ditch, but you want to get closer, you know what I mean? Because Coyotes are more vulnerable in the morning, early mornings and late evenings. What I mean by that is they're more willing to come in, you know, mm-hmm. middle of the day. They do sometimes, but the odds of them just running across a wide open pasture at one o'clock, you know, with the bluebird sky, you know, when everybody's out driving down the gravel roads, just isn't very good. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, in the mornings, I hunt all my wide open stuff. I just had a, it was really funny because uh, a kid named Kidridge, who was he he's in he just graduated but he got in trouble because he was watching my live feeds in school <laughs> yeah good but kid. he hits me up he hits me up he's like hey you want to come up here and kill a deer i met this he's a great kid man and uh he, i went up and actually hunted with him and shot a deer i'm like you need to come kyle hunt with me man so we come down here in camera and stuff but i picked up this new ground and it's exactly what i just told you wide open and there's a ditch that run a grassy ditch and he's like, man, there's not, there's not much out there. I said, oh, there's coyotes out there, dude. <laughs> so we got in there before the sun was up because you're walking in the wide open there and spot you. But we got out there and set up like 25 minutes early and just sat there. And before the sun even came up, they lit up like crazy out there. And he looks and he's like, what? We called six dogs in there. Nice. You know, you can look out across a field and it looked flat, but there's little ditches and stuff. And they can lay down in that grass like the live feed this evening. We had a coyote right behind the call, 20 yards. And I and he was so close to the call when I howled it, spooked him, it startled him. We looked out there and you didn't see nothing, but they're right there. They blend. They're like ghosts out there. Yeah. But uh yeah, I hunt those in the mornings, I hunt wide open stuff, cattle pastures. And you know, midday I move closer to cover. I get within 100, 200 yards of it, try to pull them out. We're down in it. And then I go back to open stuff in the evenings. That makes sense. That all makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Whenever you're on Onyx, I mean, is there a certain amount of acreage that you're looking at to where it – or you just – there's coyotes there. I'm going to get it. I don't care if it's five acres. I don't care if Man, it's a thousand acres. Are you just getting everything you can? Much, every section pretty much has at least one coyote on it. There are way more coyotes than people think, man. Oh, yeah. And night, hunt, night hunting really opened my mind to that because I there, there's a Kelly, Kelly Ranch over – uh, west of me i killed 143 coyotes off of it in a year dear lord and 
And I'm like, man, I've mowed these dogs down. And there's a spot that I killed like 20 some coyotes off of this one stand. And my buddy's like, we should go hit that at night. I'm like, ah, I pretty much mowed them out. We went there and called six in at night. It's like, how many are actually out there? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. We talked to a lady with, I don't remember who, a lady or a guy with uh, MDC about yeah. the new coyote regulations when they introduced night hunting last year. Right. And she was saying you would have to eradicate every coyote from the continental U.S. to actually affect their population in any area because right. let's say your county you're in right now if you took every coyote off of that county within a month there'd be fill-ins from our surrounding areas because right. that would want to come and establish territory right and all that and they're so because, good at filling those holes that you really you're never going to really make a dent right. is what she she well, said to us. and what i've read is coyotes during like the fall and winter months whenever they kind of uh during the summer and I think this is why my kill ratio is so high during the summer. Um, they're, they're grouped up, they're aggressive, they're territorial, but they don't move that far because they got their dens and they stay pretty close to that and they stay in their groups. And I call way more multiples in the summer than I do, you know, the fall and winter. I still call multiples, but because they start to get a little territorial now still, but not near as territorial as the summer. Um, but if you hear them how there, they're going to be there. They're not going far. Right. But also, Say you go in and you call in four in a stand and you shoot two of them. Those two aren't going to go very far. They're going to stay in there. So you want to give it some time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There might be a transient dog move in to try to join the pack now, but you want to go in, give it some, a couple of weeks or whatever, switch up the sound, sit in a different spot, maybe hunt it. If you hunt it in the morning when you killed the double, go in the evening, you know, hunt it on different wind. You got to keep them guessing you know what i'm saying yeah you can't be you can't you can't be uh what's the word predictable you know what i mean yeah because they do learn i mean they do yeah kind of like what pavlov and the bell you know he rang the bell gave the dog a treat rang the bell eventually when he rang the bell the dog would start to salivate you go in there and blow and and play uh shelter belt over and over and over and they hear boom watch your buddy die you know they're gonna stop showing up for that you go back they're, they're going to know that that's not a good sound now. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yep. You got to mix it up. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And and that's, I think, the hardest thing for at least me on my calling is I get like, okay, this started working. I like this. I like what I'm doing here. And then I probably, comfortable. I probably run it too long. I don't, yeah. you know, get out of my comfort zone again. And then I need to, yep. you know what I'm saying? That's why a lot of Kyle hunters are missing out. <clears throat> on opportunities because they go out and they they call coyote in with a rabbit sound and they're like oh i got it figured out now but then you know they might have some luck you know after that for a while but then all of a sudden it starts getting hard and they're like what am i doing you know and that's when most guys will either hang it up or they gotta you know be a sponge in different ways so a lot of guys are too nervous to use vocals because they don't know what they mean you know what I mean? They're yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what interrogation hell or, you know, an invite howl is or what do I do when they say, I get that a lot. I howled, they serenaded back. What do I do? You know, <laughs> which I play mom pup serenade, which is a real subtle serenade. Mm-hmm. And 90% of the time, if they don't come to that, I turn on PT submissive pup, which is this real subtle pup. If they don't come to that. I play more aggressive pup. And 90% of the time, they're going to show up to something. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. You keep if you, you keep working until something that you do 
interest them. I mean, yes. Do you do you would well, you say thing, in most sets if you if there's a coyote in the area on most sets that you're doing something is in your call or in your mouth that you're going to call that will will eventually get a coyote to be interested in it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're patient enough, sure. You yeah. know, if you're out of there in twenty your, minutes, if you play your cards right too, because I mean, but there there are days when they just they're just not responsive. They don't want to move. They'll lay there. I I literally have watched. I saw a coyote bedded up, and I've blown everything at him. He was at four hundred twenty five yards. I was guiding some guys. We're up on a knoll, and I spotted this dog through my scope laying in the grass. He, I blew everything I had, and he would just look up our way and lay back down. He didn't care. He did not care. So then I shot him at 420, laying down right now. <laughs> yep. It's on Tacticam, too. Right. You, know, you don't care. I don't sick. care. That was yeah. That's what's kind of fun about night hunting. Me and Micah had a oh, – you tell him the story. From uh, our, the one with the dogs? Yeah, where he didn't yeah. want anything to do with us. Yeah, so it was our – it was our second time going uh, at night or whatever, and we got this one property that's got cows on it. And so we're out there, and we got our thermals, and we do our sequence, and two coyotes come running in. And then one, for whatever reason, takes off. We're like, okay. But then the other one just plops down, goes to sleep right there on the hillside. We're on one hillside. It goes down into this deep, deep ditch, and then it's on the Where'd other side. What they come side. to? I can't remember what. I don't we, remember. It yeah, was, I can't remember yeah. what they came to, but uh, so anyway, I so, would assume it was some sort of a uh, uh, rabbit. Rabbit. Because that's what I started using. Uh, when I started calling. And so eventually, we and we did the same thing. We threw everything we could at. We did hows, you know, pup, right. you know, that food, didn't care, huh? Everything, and then eventually we we're like, well, it's night. Let's just start walking towards it and see how close we can get. We yeah. got within a hundred yards, just slowly oh, walking. Yeah. We walked through the cows, and we, you know, we killed it right there. They can't see as good as people think at night. They're not like cats, you know. Yeah, and that's what threw us off. Well, me when I learned that, I just assumed they could see better at night. But they're like, no, they don't. They see just like we do, basically at night. They're dude, not that great. We had coyotes running right in front of the truck the other night. I mean, dude. People get mad at me for saying this because it hurts their feelings, but facts are facts. Night hunting is way easier than day hunting. When I night hunt, I literally park the truck in a ditch and stand on the side of the road right by the truck. If it, there's not a full moon, if there's a full moon, then you got to change things. Different. Yeah, because yeah, then you cast shadows and all that. By the way, I'm not a lot of guys can afford thermal and they use lights. You know, I, I get to ask this question a lot. So, uh, they, they, they're like, can the coyotes see red or green light? No, they can't, but they can see shadows off of it. You get what I'm saying? So that's why I, back when I hunted with lights, I'd hunt wide open spots where there's no vegetation, no trees. Cause when you're panning that light across, I can't hear when you're panning that light across those trees, what's it do? It creates shadows and they see the movement of those shadows. And they so don't like that. not even, you don't night hunt the same type of train you day hunt. You know what I'm saying? Like when I night hunt, I'm looking for a wide open field that I can see where there's no like ditches and all a bunch of escape routes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there might be some brush on this side or this side. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, but I, I'm, I'm using thermal. But either way, with lights or thermal, I'm hunting wide open stuff that I can see them come in for a long ways from. Yeah, stuff that I typically wouldn't hunt during the day. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it was just crazy because in that situation, you know, we had our day brains on, right? Like right. that was the oh, second yeah. time we've ever night hunted. And, uh, 
when he laid down and like I said, we threw the kitchen sink at him and he just didn't care. Yeah. Well, we looked at each other and we're like, wait, we got the wind in our favor. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of cows in between us and him. Let's just start walking through the cows. How's he going to see us? And yeah. he did. I mean, we we started what three fifty from him. Yeah, walked in within a hundred yards, two hundred and fifty yards, right to the other side of the ditch, basically, and shot him laying down. I mean, nice. So, hey, like Bose says, dead is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was. I mean, that was. We didn't have a whole lot of success doing that, but we're we're, we're it was fun. I'll tell you that much. They're oh, yeah. they're definitely different, and I we enjoy. Man, it. I I go rogue on some coyote stands. <laughs> I'm not I'm not textbook all the time. Hey, you would like meeting my brother-in-law, which I don't think he's going to be there Friday, but Russell? Yep. Yeah, they'd get along. Dude, we had this during a tournament last year. We had this situation where the coyote came from a different direction than we thought he would. He actually ran right by Russell, maybe 10 yards out of this brush behind him. Hit my call. My gun jammed. So then the coyote turns back, runs back towards us, and they shoot it like 10 feet in front of him. And oh, nice. as soon as the shot happens, we're all like hooping and hollering like, hell yeah, that's awesome. You see Russell stand up and take off running. <laughs> gone. I mean, just across. It this- sounds like a heat moment. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just he's gone, no, dude. Jumps this ditch. Like he's in the combine. <laughs> Kicks a freaking possum uh, on the other side of a ditch when he gets to it. He didn't realize it was there. Uh, bumps some deer out when he's running. We see all this and we're like, what the hell's happening? And he was running towards my house. So we thought, well, maybe he's got to take a shit. I don't know. Like. <laughs> Something's wrong. Right. You know, 15 minutes too. goes by, and he comes back, and we're like, dude, what was that? He goes, you didn't see that coyote 200 yards behind it that took off running <laughs> when we shot? And we're like, no. And he's like, well, I was I was trying to cut it off. I was going <laughs> to try to get a shot. I was going to try to get a shot on it, and it didn't work. But if anybody would have got it done, he would have. <laughs> you don't know until you, you try. Right. And he definitely will. Um, so – I guess I want to kind of bring it back into that checklist. You mentioned that checklist, man. That interests me. Kind of, you know, what you're talking about <clears throat> as far as the wind direction. You know, go go through that a little bit. I guess well, if you don't mind. If you pay, if you pay, pay me thirty bucks, I'll just send it to you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> He's like, wait, what'd you pay? Yeah, that's right. No, uh, man. It's like you know, it starts with the obvious things like uh, the wind. You know, is the wind because. If you guys know, you guys are pissing in the wind. If you walk in and the wind is blowing from you to where you think the coyotes are, right. people are like, oh, we might get lucky. No, you're not going to get lucky. Their nose is their weapon, man. Right. This is their weapon. Like, they – and if you can't see – you know, can you see your downwind where you're set up? Like, uh, was it this morning when you shot the one off the fence or yesterday morning? I mean, this, we spotted a dog. He didn't see us. We got our guns on the fence. And – I thought he would just pop back out. I was already hand calling. He went to circle downwind. If we would have been in a position where we couldn't see our downwind, we would have killed the coyote. And he freaking smoked it from the fence. But, um, you know, the sun, there's a, a lot of little. Always ask yourself, this is what I do. Why? Why am I doing this? There should be a reason why. You should have a justification of why I'm walking in this way. Because I'm walking down the ditch. So if you walk over top of the hill, and the sun's up. You're every they might be laying out there sunbathing, and you just spooked them off. Walk down the ditch, you know. Even if man, if I got got to walk a thousand extra yards just to get in without being detected, I'm gonna do it. You know mm-hmm. why not? You you know you're putting the odds in your favor. But can you see your downwind? Is the wind right? The sun. So if the wind is out of the north, and it, it's first light, you know, a lot of time I'll get in there. That first light, and I'll sit there for 25 minutes in the pitch dark, just waiting. You know. Um, 
but you don't want the sun in your face. It'll light you up like a freaking diamond in a goat's butt and they'll see you, <laughs> you know, but if you have the sun at your back, then they're, they can't, you know, they're blinded. So it, yeah. it's in, it puts your eyes in your favor even more. Um, and it ain't no know, fun to just, hunt with the, the sun in your face. We did that no, last weekend and no, it was just like, you can't, shit, yeah, this it's sucks. not good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you have, do you have a good, where you're sitting, you have back cover, you know what I'm saying? Do you have something to break up your outline? I wear those ghillie tops because there's a lot of places that I hunt with it. There's nothing. It's just grass. You'd be amazed what you get away with, with that ghillie top on. I've, I've had, I got footage of a coyote standing at 10 feet, 10 feet for five solid minutes. Never saw me. That's and if crazy. I wouldn't have the ghillie top on, there ain't no way in hell. He would have ran out. He'd see me and bolted. But, you know, a lot of guys are like, oh, you're out there like looking like SEAL Team 6 and whatever. Everything I do has a purpose, you know. And I guess my response to them is like, when you kill 600 coyotes a year, I think you, then you can judge me. But otherwise, I don't really care. But uh, <laughs> I'm doing something right. It's like, <laughs> right. It's and it, I'll I tell do. you what, if for no other reason, then I like it. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> if that's the reason, right. I'm going to go with it. <laughs> yeah, I've never been one to feed into the, the hater thing, man. It's kind of funny, but uh, yeah, hmm. there's just all if you get all the little things, you know, all it does is increase your odds, you know. So, you were talking on that checklist about setting your call, yeah. so you want to position to call in a way that the coyote, if it's going to circle to try to get your wind, is going to circle where you want it to to shoot it, okay? Like, for instance, you know what I'm say, say you're, you're sitting. You got a tree. You're sitting, looking down the edge of the tree line. And you're sitting on the edge of it, mm-hmm. and you think the coyotes are in the timber. If you put the call five five feet out in front of you, they're gonna pop out right in your face, mm-hmm. right? Right. But in front to your, you know, it's an open field right here, and there's a timber line right in front of you. If you put the call 50, 60 yards out into that field, that coyote's got to cross this entire gap, the, the space between the call and the timber, to get to the sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. So all you, you're, you're putting him, that coyote, in a position to get smoked. You put the call 50 feet out right on the edge of the timber, he's going to pop out for a split second and be gone. Yep. In that situation, would you prefer to, to face the, the call towards the timber or away from it? Where it's, I don't face you know it away from it. I'll face it like kind of at an angle. I'm really particular about my call placement. That's like, I'm always like, when other people go to put the call out, I'm like, put it out there 50 yards. See that, that fence post, point it right at that fence post. You know, and there's a reason why. Because I think most of the time, I can tell you exactly where the coyotes are coming from. Most, you know, sometimes they surprise you and they're laid in a ditch five feet from you. But yeah. most of the time, you know, there have been times where guys are like, how the hell did you know that coyote was going to come down the fence and go to the ditch and pop up? I don't know. I got coyote six cents, I guess. I don't know. You do it long enough, you kind of figure it out. But uh, the call placement is, is really a big, big deal. It's one of the most important factors, you know, because like I said, if you put the call right there on a the tree line, they pop out and you see it, they're gone. Right. You have no shot opportunity. Yeah, see, that's that's like got my mind just moving. Because they circle the sound. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Sometimes they don't circle, and that's great. But – you know, if you if you put the call with the sound point in the general direction, they got to go around it, you know, to circle it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and that's because it makes me think of you talking about your placement. And then honestly, what Andy did last weekend really made me think. So we went out last Saturday and Andy set his call on our last stand of the morning. He sat his call to where the sound kind of, what would you say, bounced off a terrace? Yeah. 
And when he started his call, I actually didn't think he was calling. I thought we heard a rabbit getting its ass kicked right. over over somewhere else. And I'm like, "Is your call running?" And he's like, "Yeah." And it was it was bouncing to to almost to where the coyotes weren't really sure where the sound was coming from. It yeah, it was pins- echoing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like to get an echo, and I don't, I don't know if that's right or wrong thing, but I like to set calls and almost at a terrace trough where the call is going to hit the upward slope of that terrace and almost bounce off of it and creates an echo Right. to where right. It, it, they, I feel like they have a hard time pinpointing. They know the general right. area, but they don't know the right. exact And spot. that was my point. When she came in, the coyote came in, she, she looked confused almost. And right. so she came in, we first saw her like what, 250, 275. Mm-hmm. And we waited until she got to about uh, 120 somewhere yeah. in there. And then she finally stopped and we shot her. We were hoping there was more with her, but there wasn't. But, uh, and it, when I saw the way she was, and we'll get into body language in a second, but when I saw the way she looked, she just looked like, what, what is that? You know, what was I just hearing? And she was just kind of wandering towards the call. I mean, towards the general direction, just right to us essentially. But that made me think about. Did you have a decoy up? I I did. It wasn't on. Yeah. uh, Because I I had, I ran the decoy whenever I was running, um, oh, I some uh, predator or uh, some, yeah, pre- I, I no some prey use, distress. I no longer use a decoy unless I'm trying to kill a cat. Yeah. Well, because, we were hoping to kill well, a cat. And that's why that's, I started with prey distress uh, on that one because there were some cats in the area that we've seen more on trail times cam. than not, like, like down south, like in Texas, they'll just charge that for And they will around here sometimes. More times than not, when they're coming right in, they see that decoy and then they're like, they got to stop and figure it. They look at it and they're trying to analyze it. And they might just be coming straight to the call, but it's like as soon as they see that decoy, they circle it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Or or they just lock up more times than not. You know, there's all – I feel like a coyote's got to, like, be real hungry. But, like, the real hungry ones will charge at it. But more times than not, man, it, it actually has screwed me on some sands. Hmm. If you don't have a decoy and there's a coyote's coming in, you keep lowering that sound to, to just kind of milk him in. You know what I mean? Because he, he has to – his attention is trying to figure out where it's at. That's that's where his brain's at. Like, so where is it? You not know paying what I mean? attention to you to getting ready to right. shoot or something. But yeah. if he sees that decoy, he knows exactly where it's at now. Yep. But, and then, you know, like, without a decoy, he's got to search for it, which makes him have to come closer and closer and closer. Yep. Yeah. So, and after the stress, Cat, I Cats actually, are a whole different deal. Yeah. Like, I mean, at nighttime, you don't need it. I mean, I don't use a decoy at night, like, but – uh, it, but it would be helpful because they can see it not really well. But like during the daytime, like cats, with if they're very visual creatures, you know what right. I'm saying? Their weapon Coyotes, is their eyes. You, ki- yes, yes. And with a cat, you might have one sitting on you guys know sitting on a tree line. You'll never see them. They blend stupid well. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they'll just be looking out there to see where that animal's at, that hurt rabbit, or mouse, or whatever it is, or the woodpecker. And if they could, they visually see it, it's like they're honed in like a freaking heat-seeking missile. Mm-hmm. That's when they hit crouch mode. And I got tons of videos of ki- or cats going straight to the call. Like I got, I called one in from over 400 yards, and I filmed him with my taxi cam. And he was like crouch coming through that. It was so freaking cool. But if I wouldn't have had a decoy going, he probably would have just sat there and, and went and tried to find it with his eyes before. It's almost like they want to see it before they go at it. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. – and that, they they do blend in. I don't want to not talk. all not always. Sometimes you know they'll they'll just go to the call. But if you got a decoy, it's definitely increases your odds of bobcats. Yeah, 
yeah, I don't want to talk about the end of this story, but they definitely blend in when I took my son bobcat hunting last hmm. year. He was five at, well, it was two years ago, I guess. He was five at the time, and we were up in a tree stand, actually. I, I had this crazy idea to get up in the deer stand and hunt them, and it worked. The The cat was like 20 yards in front of me, and Chase, my son, that's his name, he, uh, he hits me on the shoulder, and I'm like, what's up, dude? And he's like, hey, what's that right there? I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and he goes, what's that right there? And I finally just stood up because I'm like, I don't see what you're talking about. And right at that moment, the cat looked right at me. And I'm like, holy hell, I didn't even see that thing. I mean, it was walking right, right at us. And then they, I, they I may, have, I may have missed it. Ghosts. But yeah. Twice. Twice. Like ghosts, <laughs> but uh It makes me wonder how many bobcats you, you, you call them you never knew about. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And we'll never know, but I bet, I bet the number is way higher than you think. I'm sure. Yeah, there's a lot more of them than you think are, too. But uh, Oh, yeah. There's, a, there's quite a few cats out, especially where we're on that. Oh, man. So some good advice would be definitely think think hard about like where you're going to sit and sit your call as in relation to that. Um, right. Because, I mean, I'm probably guilty of this, and I don't know, Andy, as we've gotten better, we've probably gotten better at deciding where we want to put it. But I, that's when I first started hunting. That's what I did. I just put the call out yeah. where yeah. I felt like walking and came back. You know? Right. I mean, I did. I, it's a learning process, man. And I'm still learning. Every day I try to learn, you know, I'm like, what could I, when I walk out of a coyote scene, whether I killed one or not, I'm like, what could I have done different? Right. You know what I mean? What did I do to help me be successful? Is it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out what I could do to, to get better. Yeah. Or on, the, on that specific stand, I, like, like every single stand I walk out of, and from people notice this, I'll, I'll get back from it and I'll, I'll turn around and I'll just like kind of replate my head. And maybe I'm, if I'd have sat by that tree, you know, or if I would have, you know, put the call over here, they might not have went down in that ditch or behind that terrace or. Yeah. Makes sense. There's a, it's, it's almost overwhelming. Like I overwhelm myself that I think so hard about this stuff. I stay up. I don't, I didn't hardly sleep last night and I was on Onyx maps. I like, I was about to fall asleep and then it hit me and I'm like, wait, this spot, if we sit here, like they're probably gonna be there in the morning, so I'm like zooming in on trees, trying to figure out where this tree is from this grass. It, it, it can man. it can be overwhelming because you got to think about like the property you're you're hunting, and then like yeah. last week, my wife is comes down at, at like ten thirty at night, and I think I posted trigger. I was going through all my sounds on my my call, obviously on a low setting, so everybody in the house didn't hear it. And she's like, "What in the hell are you doing?" And I'm like, I just want to hear them so that when I'm in the field, you know, I want to refresh my mind so that right. when I'm in the field, I don't have to try to remember this is what this one sounds like. I, you know, I got it. It's almost like I want, I want to memorize them so that I remember what it is. And, you know, right. I happen to be the caller on our team. Andy's the caller on theirs. So you feel like you got this, you know, added pressure to, to get them there so right. that, you know, the guys that shoot most of the time are able to shoot. Yeah. But, uh, Okay, so you, you well, I'll give I'll give you some advice for this weekend. Your first few stands start out with a subtle female howl. If 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 a single answers back, do like I said and do like a, a little more uppity invite howl. Yeah. You don't have the PG sounds get a hold of me. Oh, I but, do. I do. Uh, uh, like the cardinal high pitched. It's yeah. usually I, even if they don't answer back. After I do that, I'll answer it with cardinal high pitch. 
now you're you want to create like a scenario you know what i mean yeah like two coyotes in their mind they're hearing this even if they're not howling back two coyotes are now answering each other you know what i mean so yeah. they're they're gonna come and want to see what's going on but uh if they serenade back i always start out with something subtle you know i don't ever get it on the only time i get really aggressive aggressive as if i have a coyote out there challenging at me right and that and 90 percent of the time when you get one that challenges you you challenge them back and you shut up if they don't come in you turn on public distress mm-hmm. they're gonna show up right because and this is the other thing i i even watched a, a hunting show recently and i'm like man why, why did you do that if you get if you howl and they answer back he went to rabbit after that i'm like what you know what I'm saying? Like right. you just got them, you got them hooked on something. You got their attention. You got them responsive already. Stick. If they howl back, I stick with vocals. You know what I'm saying? And it just yeah. makes sense. Work through your coyote yeah. options first. So yeah. I got, I got a yeah. scenario for you. It's happened to me three times now. <clears throat> I, want, I want to get your take on what. So uh, start with a, you know, like you said, a subtle interrogation. So I did set for a while mm-hmm. and I actually wait, nothing responded, waited five, minutes or so and i did a pair howl like a pair howl right. interrogation you know type deal and uh, like a male female pair howl or female, yeah female i think it's a, i think it's a male female pair howl uh, i mean it's one of the lucky duck interrogation i think pair howls yeah i know what you're talking about yeah uh they'll serenade back to you so i get a serenade back from that they respond to it mm-hmm. and then after that they're done i can't get them to come in i happened to me three times now after that and I've tried each one a little different. One time. Um, I, how many times, real quick, how many times when they serenade do you answer back and then they serenade again? Zero. Zero. They'll serenade and then they I, show I, I don't up. know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a handful in all the years I've coyote hunted. But here's the thing. It's not a bad thing when they shut up because right. they don't howl when they're running in. Yeah, that's true. You get what I'm saying? Or but, I mean, they haven't come in either to any time. But did I don't you know think if you I was just what did, Okay, like, so did you, so what did you what did you do after that though? So let's see. The first time, I, I mean, you wait. I waited a while, just waiting for them to respond. Um, I've thrown another one time. I threw another interrogation howl back there just to kind of see. Now, if I see, now you're stepping like in my mind. This one, it might not make sense to anybody else, but now you're stepping back. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So they're not really going to care. You already played a, a, a interrogation, right? And right. then serenade, and they serenaded back. So if you just did a serenade and they don't respond back, play like a, 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 a subtle, like PT submissive pup. Yep. That's my go-to, man. My go-to. The second that time it happened, I did, that's what I did. And actually that same sound. Nice. And they just didn't show up? They, didn't, they just don't show up. I mean, sometimes it just... I'm wondering if it's not a territory deal because I know... It, there's, I don't believe in that. Be honest yeah. with you, man. I don't. I don't believe that coyotes stop at a fence line because that's their territory. No, I don't. <laughs> like I, I, I don't. I, I mean, maybe if there's a submissive coyote by itself and it knows there's some a pack over there, they might not right. want to come over there. Right. But they're not going to come to a freaking uh, serenade anyways. Yeah. Uh, so there's a guy that lives up in Michigan. His name's Joe, and uh, he's like the Einstein of, of coyotes, man. I, I guided him. We became really good friends. He calls me like once, twice, three times a month. He's like, I was reading this art. He does research like legit. He looks in collegiate articles, but he read this article. This guy did in Arizona. And, and it said, uh, a coyote, uh, 
is three times more likely to come into a single hound than it is a serenade because it makes it kind of going back to what I said at the beginning of the lot or the, the podcast. Um, most of the coyotes are submissive coyotes. They're not just out there like looking for a fight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So say they got their own group, but they're spread out hunting because the group doesn't always stay together. They go right. their own ways. And then they'll group back up. Well, if that coyote, a submissive coyote, he's a serenade, it's going to go look for its buddies before it comes in. By the time it does that, you know, tries to get some some backup, you're probably already gone. That makes yeah. sense. So a lot of guys will want to start out with a serenade where you're already killing your odds right there. You know what I mean? Right. But after they serenade, and I, I'll do it, that mom pup serenade back, mm-hmm. and then I'll shut up. Uh, one thing I would do different is if you're listening to that serenade, it, you can kind of hear like the individual coyotes. If you hear an aggressive one in there mm-hmm. and you play like pup distress and they don't show up, do a challenge. Yeah. Because if you get the aggressive coyote to break, the rest of them will follow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if you play submissive pup and they don't come in, now – Give it just a second, and then don't give it too long, or they'll lose interest in my mind. If you sit there for ten more minutes, they might have wandered off. But go from submissive pup and build it up to like a freaking fight, you know, a little more aggressive, like like a pup pillage or pillage or whatever, yeah, mm-hmm. or bad brother or HP pup. You know what I'm saying? Just increase the aggression level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How Does often sense? do you ever use a? How often do you use like coyote versus raccoon fights or red fox? You know, I've got baby those on red my- fox. Dude, baby red fox is like a killer sound. I mean, I've killed so many coyotes off. There was one stand, me and my buddy Zach Davis, and he's listening to this. He's like, I know the stand, man. We knew there was coyotes, so we played everything. I'm like, I want to play baby red fox. It's just different. Yeah. But it's still a distress sound. We sat there 45 minutes not to play baby red fox. Freaking four coyotes came running. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's just how the- and then we played it the rest of the day and killed like every stand on that sound. Holy shit. <laughs> that was the hot one that day. But but that's that is a sound. Makes you point, baby play. Red Fox all day Saturday. <laughs> like, I didn't see like shit. A, Yeah, but that's a prime example of a perfect sound to play at a spot that you've went and killed coyotes at and you're gonna go back completely change different up. like that out there. But start don't don't do the the biggest mistake people do, you know, lucky duck goes a 32 power, 32 power, baby red talks, man. <laughs> it's just too much. Give them just enough to get their attention and catch your curiosity. You know what I mean? And then over time, bump the sound up a little bit, a little bit, and then maybe back it off a little bit and then bump it. I call it stair step. And I go up and I'll back off. I'll go up a little more and then I'll back off, you know, over 13 minute period with distress is pretty much what I, the longest period I played distress. Unless I'm in Western Kansas and then yeah. I go for miles, but that's, that's funny. Yeah. Well, okay. To circle back around into this, like the whole, uh, the stand and trying to paint the picture of, I, I don't know, trying to read the coyotes, you hearing them, you're, right. you're working on the sound, you go back. Okay. Now you got coyotes coming in. Uh, how do you handle, what do you do when it comes to reading their body language? Cause you know, there's a lot of people. Um, I mean, I've done it a million times. All of us probably have. You see the coyote, the first one, you're like, hell yeah, bang. <laughs> and you, and you miss, or there were three of them behind it. You didn't even see. Well, you, you know how it is though. Like if they're coming in, they keep looking over the shoulder. Be mm-hmm. patient. Keep your composure. It's probably more coming. If they're coming in on a dead run and they don't care. They're not looking back. You know, uh, actually we just talked about this too. Um, uh, Henry and I did when they're running in full board and you're like, Oh God, how am I going to stop this thing? You know, what do a lot of people do? They go, woo, mm-hmm. you know, how? and when I do that a lot too, but sometimes when you go, woo, 
they look, what are they going to do? Right at, right you. at you. Right at you. So I got a preset uh, that Cardinal high pitched because mm-hmm. they're, they're going to hear that high pitch out when, the, and it's coming from the call. So they're not going to look at me. So I'm, I got, I got one full board sprinting in, I already got my finger on that preset and I, I hit it about, you know, a little bit before where I want to shoot him. Cause it usually they'll start to open and they'll stop and they'll look at the call, like toward that direction. And I shoot them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just puts odds in your favor more. That makes they're sense. not looking at you, you know, so what's some of the other body language you look for when you when you first see it, at least their, one kind? Their ears, their ears give them away too, man. Like when they're coming in, their ears are perked up and they're because they're they're trying to hear where that sounds at, you know. Mm-hmm. But when they pin them ears back and then they quarter that shoulder away, you better shoot them. You know, they're probably gonna leave at any time if they stop and they're looking in your direction, not the call direction. That's not good. You better kill them pretty quick. You know what I mean? So if you see them stop uh, and then look back. That's most likely they're looking back at other coyotes, I'm assuming. Yeah. So that's where, yeah. like, uh, you would potentially just wait it out and see what they do from there, or, or do you just kind of – Or kinda... turn the call real, real low, uh-huh. really low, just to bring that one a little more so the other ones come and follow, you know what I mean? Right. And a lot of guys are like, do you shoot the back ones first or the front one first? Well, 90% of guys are starting out. They just want to kill coyotes. I got the John Wick approach. I want to kill them all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, it's it's so funny. I was honest, real quick. I was on a stand with this guy who just kind of got into coyote hunting. We're calling a quad. I killed three. He never fired a shot. I'm like, damn it. He's like, we just killed a triple, dude. What's the deal? I said, we should have had that one though. Like, we should have killed them, you know, all. But that's just like. <laughs> but looking at it, you're not always going to kill them all. Stuff happens. But I'm just like, I guess I'm just so hardcore about it. Like, yeah. if there's four coyotes come in, I want four coyotes to die. That makes sense. You know? And I'm like, oh, I should have turned on. Here's another little like thing I do, and I do this on a live feed. You know how, like, in the sniper movies, they're perched up, and they wait for the train or a bomb to drop, and right when it does, it covers up the sound of the shot? Yep. When I call in a group, I have mom and pup serenade ready. And when they get close, I'll hit that button and turn it up loud. Like not all the way, but enough where it covered and I'll smoke one. And then they, they it'll cover up my shot. And then if they start to, they, they'll kind of trot around like, well, it just have it. And it gives you more chance to shoot another one instead of it being dead calm and you're swap and they hear their, they see their buddy drop. You know what I mean? Yeah. I did a live feed where I called in. There was a single coming and there were three more behind it at a hundred yards. And I said, watch this. I'm going to play mom pup serenade. I'm going to shoot that one. The other ones are going to keep coming. Dude, I sm- I played mom pup serenade, shot that front dog, and the other ones just didn't break stride. They just kept, I mean, I, I ended up killing a quad there. But, yeah, it's, it's like it's a, a little trick. Create a little bit of chaos right at the shot so they're not sure exactly what happened. I mean, it's kind of yep. the idea. Yep. I mean, it just covers up the sound of your shot. Yeah. I was literally watching uh, uh, Enemy at the Gate, maybe, the scene where – He's laying behind that thing, and that guy's over there, and he's like, shh. And he waits for the bomb to drop, and he drops, like, the general and all of them. Like, that would probably work if I created the sound to cover up my shot. Literally, the next day of the life, he used it. I'm like, <laughs> would it, You think it would go. work? Uh, I mean, obviously, it won't work as well, but will it work with non-suppressed guns as well, you think? Oh, yeah. Really? I mean, it's still going to help cover up that sound. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You want to ask questions about males, females that you had? 
the we talked um, when we were talking and you were talking about male shooting of male and female. Oh, I mean, I don't know. It's of my opinion. If you got two of them coming in, I feel like the male, like if you shoot shoot one or the other, the female's going to peace out. I mean, she's gone. But if you shoot the female and the male's left, I feel like that male tends to give you that last look back before he disappears during breeding season. Yeah, right. So I mean, I if like you said, if it's January through March, I got two coming in. I shoot the the most. Not just the smallest, but the most compact one. I try to pick out which one's a female, and hopefully it's the it's the one that's either far. You want to know away, the truth, but, though? Yes. I don't worry about that at all. I don't worry about yeah. female, male. I'm gonna shoot a female first. I'm thinking which one can get the hell out of dodge the fastest. Which one right. is closer to cover? Which one? If you go back and watch, this is the, the best example ever. The the stand where I shot five in one stand. Now, is that the, the one first, where you were in the hayfield? Had a bunch of yeah, hay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. It was the most one. epic stand of my life. Yeah, it was awesome. But saw that live. Yeah, because I shot them <laughs> left-handed. I literally practiced shooting left-handed sometimes. So I'm like, because you can't. They were straight to my right, and I, yeah, I can't you know, right and if there. I moved, picked my tripod up, and I'm busted. So I literally just turned my gun and I leaned, and you see me pan to the left one that was out in the field. And the right one staggered back toward the grass. If I'd have shot the left one, that right one would have been gone. So instead, I shot the one toward the grass, and the other one was out there in the field. And I saw a shot opportunity him, and I killed them both. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter to me, male or female. Like, if I got a double coming in and say one's lingering and he's at 300 yards, the other one's at 100, I'm smoking a 300-yard one. You got to be confident in your gun, obviously, to do that, and you're shooting. But you're going to have a lot better shot opportunity and it goes back to killing them all. That's a goal for me. I want to kill them all because what happens if you don't? Now you got to educate a coyote. We don't want that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I shoot the farthest one first. Now, if I got a coyote 600 yards and I got a double at 100, you know, it's a different story. And I've shot them at 600 yards, but, you know, then I'll try to kill that double and give the other one some time and come back and try to kill him. But uh, now I don't really worry about male or female. Now, if, if we call in two this weekend, and one's a forty-some pound male, he's gonna get right. on the pot. No, that's, yeah, that's, that's different. That's different. Smoke, dude. smoke. That's a whole different story. I shot a, I shot a freaking fifty-one pound coyote a month ago. What'd you say, fifty-one? Yes, the oh footage. When he's coming in, you can tell it's like, uh, like both of them were huge. I didn't get the second one, but dude, this dog was the biggest coyote I've ever seen in my life. That's awesome. Just his chest was like when I picked him up, his chest was like this wide. It's unbelievable. It's like what are they eating? Like small <laughs> children and Yeah, I was at I my uh, I was at my taxidermist last week or two weeks ago and I don't remember what we were talking about. I, oh, I I was asking him, Hey, if I get something pretty, what do I need to do with it? Because I might, you know, I'd like to eventually do one. And uh he was telling me and he's like, actually and uh, so a shout out to my brother my buddy Daryl, he shot a forty seven pounder like a week ago. Or that's two weeks ago, dog. or something like that, and I'm like, Jesus, and that's right close to where we live, and I'm just like, my God, I mean, you think about that, that's half the size of my hundred pound German Shepherd, and yeah, that's that's a big dog. So what do you say you do with it? Yep, the coyote. Yeah, just put it in the freezer. Don't gut it. He doesn't want any of that crap all over the stuff. Just get the the dog in the freezer, and then get it to him as soon <laughs> as you can. Yeah, yeah. He was talking about like just all the the oh the nastiness in their guts and all that stuff. You gut them then that gets on their – it can start causing problems with, you right. know, uh, infection and the fur sloughing off and all that. So he said just 
get the dog in a trash bag and get it in a freezer and then get it to me quickly and I'll I'll worry about the rest. Nice. Sweet. Uh, so yeah. Would will you go through a like a a breakdown of everything that you're taking out in the field? Yeah, what's, you your, know, pack? what's your 48 what's pound, that 48 pound pack? pound yeah. pack look like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ask me to give them a breakdown of everything I take to the field. You can do it real quick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look at summarize it, it here. Summarize it. <laughs> yeah. People think I'm stupid, man. I walk out my pack. No, dude. When I hunt, when I hunted with Bo in Kansas, I bet my pack was every bit of sixty-five pounds. Yeah, but but like my pack's probably forty-five pounds on average. But I got a gun, my my tripod. If you're not shooting off a tripod, you're missing out. You can get so much more sturdy. Oh, I got a stool, a stool that if the vegetation is too high. And I got back cover. I'll sit in the stool so I can see over it. Mm-hmm. I got a ground seat in case I got to sit on the side of a hill and I don't want to be elevated where they'll see me. I got uh, extra battery pack, extra mag. Um, I got uh, a set of Allen wrenches because you never know in the field when you're going to need a freaking Allen wrench, man. It's true. Like my, my tactic cam or something. You know what I'm saying? Um, the call, obviously, with a with a trap or a, a tripod on it. Um, I got a, a, a net, uh, that like, cause the gun shines and they'll pick that up. So I got this camo net that I drape over the barrel and wrap around the base of the tripod and it creates a blind in front of you. Hmm. Yeah. Initially I got it so I could turn the gun sideways cause Bo couldn't sit still, but and he's a lot better now. And I would cover him. It basically would create a blind in front of him, but I'm like, man, this works pretty good. So, um, I got hand calls. I got a chest pack, my binos, range finder. If you're serious about killing coyotes, you got to be able to shoot far. Coyote hunts a precision shooting game. You take the hair off of them and they're facing you, you got a four and a half inch target. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. They're, they're a lot small. I mean, there's some big dogs, but most of them, you know, you take the hair off of them, they're like little freaking pasture poodles. Yeah, the actual around. anatomy of them is not that big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I take a lot of stuff out there, but everything has its purpose, you know? Yeah. And, but the biggest thing is my pack, man. I hate, I couldn't walk out there carrying it all. I couldn't do it. I hate life. Hey, I try to make myself as, as comfortable as I can because if you're carrying, you know, how it is, you carry your gun and your sling all day, it rubs you. It starts to get in your head a little bit. And this is another little tip. I, everything that I do, I got to try to be comfortable at. When I'm sitting, I got to be able to lean forward and get another point of pressure. My tripod set up so my elbow's on my knee and everything's locked in. If, if my tripod's too high, the elbow's up, now you got a little more wobble. You know what I'm saying? Okay. My yeah. grip. If you look at my rifle stuff, every one of my guns that have an inverted grip, I got tape on it. It's built up perfect to where when I grab my grip, the pad of my finger sits flush on that trigger flat. It's not too far in. It's not too far back. That way, when I pull, I'm not pulling to one side. Because when you're shooting 500 yards, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And every gun that I have, you will not find a gun in this house that doesn't have adjustable cheek riser. Because it drives me crazy. Guys will have extra high freaking scope rings. And when you watch them, they'll get down on their gun. And then they, what's it, what do they got to do? They lift their head up. And they're trying to get in that scope. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I close my eyes. I get it to where I close my eyes and I'm comfortable and I open my eyes. If I can't see through it, I adjust the, the cheek well. It's super important. Hmm. My length of pull, I got to be able to shoulder it, open my eyes, you know, and it it not be blacked out at all. Because here's the thing, in the, in the heat of the moment, when, you're, when a cow pops up, 
that one little split second where you gotta lift your head what's it do it creates movement and you know it makes you second Time. guess in your head yeah. It, yeah yeah but if everything's fluent and you're just right there it's just bang right. and it makes you more confident yeah. confidence is everything the more and that's it what like in life period i've learned this kyle Arnie's taught me this the more confident you are out there the better things are going to go it's you know in your head you're like god i hope if you sit down and you think a kyle might pop out of 400 yards and you're like oh i don't want you know but if you're out there shoot if you know your gun and you're shooting same hole at 100 and you practice shooting steel like i do after freaking a thousand and you know exactly where to hold he pops out of 400 yards i'm two mils yeah there's a 10 mile an hour wind i'm gonna hold six inches right it takes it takes the 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 you know the thinking freaking, yep. thinking out of it yeah you just you just go and once you do that, it all becomes muscle memory. Yeah. Well, and you'll get a kick out yeah. of this this story, although I should, probably shouldn't tell Heath it. But um, when talking about tripods and how important they are, Andy was right. the first one to have a tripod out of any of us. And he swore by it. He's like, dude, you guys got to get a tripod. I'm like, nah, I got shooting sticks. I'm fine. You know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I was not shooting well. I wouldn't hit shit. I missed a bobcat two different times. Mm-hmm. Like, And finally uh, – Actually, it was after we did our first show with him, maybe. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I bought a PT yeah. uh, Deadeye, and I hadn't used it yet. I'd got it all set up, but I hadn't hunted with it yet. And one morning, right. my wife comes in our bedroom, and like she said, hey, there's a coyote out in the field behind our house. So I ran downstairs, got my tripod, my gun, in my underwear, go mm-hmm. go, go out into our back uh, What, is that you in the picture? <laughs> I saw a picture of some guy outside. No, no, I never took a picture of myself in the underwear. Wait, why? Yeah, whitey tighties. No, no, I don't do whitey tighties. <laughs> I know what picture you're talking about. <laughs> I thought he was naked. That's not what, that's not what your old lady said. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, right? So I go out to the patio. I set the tripod up. He's 150 yards away. He's not that far, but he don't even freaking notice I'm there. And I just set it in there, and I'm like, holy shit, this is nice and steady. Wait until oh, I'm ready yeah. and just game pull the trigger changer. and dropped them. And I'm just yeah. like, huh. Game, dude, tripods are game. You shoot a tripod, you shoot shoot sticks. What tripod you got? Just some thing off Amazon, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Get out of my house. <laughs> You just drove here for nothing. But I mean, yeah, and every, I mean, since then we all have tripods. Now I mean, yeah. Micah, Russell, yeah. um, everybody—they're all different brands, you know, different types. But they all seem like they do a good job. I think Andy and Micah run Bogs, Death Grips, and I've got the the Dead Eye. Russell bought um, uh, two vets and um, some hog saddles for his other stuff, or is everything from Hog Saddle? I can't remember. Right, hog Saddle. And so they're all—I mean—they all, you know seem to be pretty hey, nice too hey but blake gareth right. told us to ask you what uh what got you shooting the six millimeter creedmoor <laughs> it wasn't blake gareth <laughs> uh, he, 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 he said you'd say that <laughs> hey i'll tell you what though ballistically you can't beat it yeah you can't you can't beat it like shooting like an 87 grain bullet 3350 or a 70 at 3600 mm-hmm I mean, that my thing is, I want to be able to kill coyotes. Like I feel confident at killing coyotes at 500 yards all day long. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. right? But it was the realistically, a two-two-three, the wind drift is, yep. is is rough. You know, but when you shoot a heavier bullet, you're not going to have as much wind drift. But the odds in your favor, the more it takes, the more that gets work out. 
Um, and it carries way more kinetic energy downrange. Um, I mean, yeah, I'll shoot a six millimeter Creedmoor forever. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. So what you're saying is was, that's, that's our next gun junkies. purchases? That's on my radar. Yeah, that's I'm going to tell you this, though. That's tell mine. me what you think about these because Micah just got a 6.5. I call them Grundles. Grindle. Um, Grindle. Uh, what do you think of those? Not li- you're not going to like my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? So Hit us with it. Hit us with it. Because, well, because what, what kills coyotes at a static shock, right? You're shooting a Grindle, you're probably shooting a 123 green bullet. Yep. yep. Yeah. I had a Grindle. I had a lot of runners and I've guided some guys that bring Grindles and they, and I've seen a lot of them run off. It's more of a, um, a punch than a whop. You know what I'm saying? That a static shock sends that through their body and, and that bullet's going it's simple. You got a, you got a heavy bullet going slower. It's not going to expand near as well on a light game, you know, light skin animal like that. Hmm. You, but you, you take, saying. you take that same, well, not the same bullet, but you take a, a, a 103 grain, push it 3,200 feet per second, it's going to take its soul. It's gonna, <laughs> you listen, when I, when I hit a coyote with my Creedmoor, you hear that freaking wop louder than you hear the gun go off. Yep. You just broke but, Micah's heart. I mean, just in half. Look at him. He's like, I, they just don't I'm shoot fast see. enough. Speed kills coyotes. <laughs> but there's a perfect happy medium between – Bullet weight and speed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I found that with the 70 grain Nosler, the 87 uh, VMAX. But I really like these 103s because they're going 31, 3200, and they don't have near the wind drift because it's a longer bullet, so it's more aerodynamic. Yeah. You're saying- and I have not – I've not shot a single coyote, which is crazy because I've had two bobcats now take it. But I've, there's no, I haven't killed, shot a single coyote that made it out of the field with, with those 103s. Just, or you, or you could just, just shoot re- a seven mag and soul. just explode the shit out of them and be done with it, right? I mean, right. I mean, you're shooting double, <laughs> you're shooting double the grains dead at dead. the same speed as a two twenty three V max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you're you're also, I mean, you get the bullet diameter is bigger, so it's going right. to have more punch to it, more kinetic energy downrange. Because yeah, it's shooting the same as a fifty five speed wise. But you're but double the three hundred. But yeah. three hundred yards, you're half the kinetic energy. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I guess we're since then, we're going down this road, I'm gonna keep asking about calibers because now I'm curious. What do you think about? Because uh, another gun I was looking at was a two forty three. Yeah. Well, no, nah, if I didn't shoot a six Creedmoor, I'd shoot a two forty three. That's. I mean, that's. I guess they. It's, it's not that far off. They're similar guns. Creedmoor. Right. Right. Yeah. Baddest freaking my buddy. Uh, Zach Davis had a 243 and he shot a 58 grain D Max out of it at like uh, 3,800. Mm-hmm. No, that was a 55. 58 was going 3,650. That was a freaking stoner. Now, on a non windy day, man, that thing's flat shooting, you know, smoked him. But, you know, the wind would push that bullet a little bit. A little bit lighter. On yep. windy days. So, you know, but my 243, I shot an 87 grain uh, V Max out of it and it went like 3,000. Th- I think 3,032, somewhere between there. Okay. And yeah. I, ki- I killed coyotes out to 800 yards with it. Well, that's kind of like what we're all, I mean, we're all kind of got all kinds of ideas in our heads about what we want to do differently. But the, the current two guns that I'm, I've got is a 243 that I'm shoot. I think I shoot a 90, 90 grain out of it, but, and then a 223. I'm honestly more right. comfortable shooting the 223 right now, but. Right. 
That's two. that's the biggest thing though. It what shoot what you're comfortable with, regardless. I've just I've had it. You longer. know what I'm saying? You know, it, it's it's one of them right. things. You got to shoot the the gun to get used to it. Or and but uh, yeah. What about scope? What's your favorite scope? Man, I got this Burris RT25. It's got a dot, a little dot in the middle, and it's got the but they're real thin. I don't like a Z-Plex with the just crosshairs because it's too, you know. You, 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 it'll cover up a dog at freaking 500 yards pretty much. I shoot a really thin crosshair, but it also has a, a 30 millimeter tube on it, which collects light better. And it's got a 56 millimeter bell, which gives you more field of view. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's got locking turrets. I will never shoot a scope that doesn't have locking turrets again. Screw me too many times. Pull it out of your bag, you bump it, go six clicks this way. Next thing you know, you shoot and you miss. And now you're doubting yourself. Yep. And when you start doubting yourself out there, you guys know how it goes. First day you miss a coyote. What do you, if I miss, I don't care if I know I pulled it, I will go shoot my gun right after that. I always keep a box in the truck because you got to get the doubt out. You got to know, nope, I just screwed up. I pulled it. My gun's dead on. Because what happens on the next stand if you don't shoot? You miss again. Right before you pull that trigger, instead of thinking, you know, he did, you're thinking, what if my gun's six inches to the right? Now you're not focused what you need to be focused on. Yeah. You got too much. You got that doubt. You let that doubt creep back in. Everything I do, I try to eliminate all doubt. Put. I try to keep control of everything I can keep control of. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah, dude, we're on a, we're on an hour fifteen. I mean, but <laughs> we could go longer. But uh, right, you guys got more for them. I mean, first focal plane, second focal plane. We've been having this argument. <laughs> yep. I feel like it's a no brainer. First, okay. So on a second focal plane, say say you go to the steel range. And you shoot and shoot and shoot, and you like between your second hash mark and third, you got on 12 power. You yep. know, now your third is 400 yards. But the minute you take it off of 12 power, that distance will change. You've got to be so on now 12. your third hash mark. Yeah. Yeah. Now your third hash mark is probably, if you zoom out, it's probably like 350. First focal plane, second hash mark is always going to be 400 yards. Right. Yep. No brainer. Yeah. More consistent consistency and confidence you know um, what i mean because yeah. truly consistency leads to confidence yeah yeah no i i totally agree and that's that's one thing i i guess you it's okay on a second focal plane if you know you're always going to be at that 12 power right. or whatever and that's what i did i always shot on 10 power to be honest with you i don't ever zoom in fast 12 power even i shot a dog 1100 yards and shot him on 12 power you know Nice. I don't hardly I don't hardly ever zoom it. And I probably can't say that right now. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we wouldn't wait till later. <laughs> in my mind, the perfect coyote scope is a three to eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I got a five to twenty right now. I love that RT twenty five, but sometimes they pop up in your face and I ain't carrying freaking shotgun understand. But in five power, like I don't know if you saw that one. Rob. Forty-seven One's pounds. He draws the line there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there was a live piece in where I'm sitting by this old tractor or piece of machinery, and I'm like, I literally said, "Man, I feel like one's gonna come from behind me, pop out ten feet, and I'm screwed." Because at 10, 15 yards, five power, all you're seeing is fur. You yeah. know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, dude? That happened. First shot, I missed him. I shot a fur, and then he got about eighty-five yards, and I shot him right in the back of the head, and he rolled. You know, yeah. but if you got three power and also a throw lever, super important. Yeah. Because you can reach up and freaking jack that thing over to three power bank. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, it's gonna reach up, grab the whole scope up there, turn it. Yeah. yeah. Time. You know what I mean? I love having Time. that throw lever at, 
I don't have my yeah, scope on nice. that two two three two. That's they're not cheap. Thing. They're not cheap. Freaking throw lever is like seventy dollars, but I know. And for what they it's, are, it's you're like really, really. That's it's a seventy knob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm over here trying to figure out how to zip tie a piece of something, you know. Yeah, yeah. You guys got anything else, man? I mean, I don't want to. I know he's. I say he's got some guests there. We better better get after it. So, dude, Heath, appreciate you coming on, man. I mean, I thought this was awesome. We'll see you in a few days too, and uh, come say hi to you. But uh, um, appreciate us having me on. All right, that was a good one. You got all your notes down there? Yes, I did. All kinds of them, to be honest with you. I am happy, by the way, that my plan for Saturday was to start with that basic call he was talking about starting with so i was like yeah I, i'm smart <laughs> okay but yeah i wrote down quite a quite a few uh notes just you, know, you think you learn a lot and then you someone like him says more and you're just like huh because it makes me think now this once everybody hears this show we've already hunted in the tournament but where we start I, i'm totally rethinking about where we should start when he starts talks about starting and somewhere open yeah i think that we should, probably are going to be changing that makes a lot of sense because we usually we just start where we always start you know and yeah we're gonna change great, that great out. detail and, well it's, i don't want to give too much detail where we're <laughs> it, going a, but it's, it's a strategy thing i mean obviously in, in my opinion if you could hunt every set in the first hour of the day or the last hour of the day, you would. That'd be great. Right. Yeah. right? So I think when it comes to tournaments, you got to pick your highest probabilities. First know, and last. First and last. And if you're like, not first and last. Even with one, like we were talking to our, my, our buddy Austin tonight before mm-hmm. recording. He was talking about, um, he, ca- he texted a guy because he saw three coyotes in his field. And he's like, hey, do you mind me possibly hunting? And the guy's like, yeah, kill them all. Right. Right. Even something like that. You've got. Obviously, right now, three coyotes on a Monday or whenever it was on a property. Shit, by Saturday. Who knows where they're at? They probably should be around, but they could also be half a mile to the left. Yeah, this time of year is shit. They're trying to find breeding pairs, and they're, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because we got, you know, we've gotten excited on a few of the properties that we've gotten, and we're like, yeah, there's, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be there Saturday. Yeah. You know, and it could be one of them days. I mean, we've all had those those tournament days where it's, I have not seen a dog. Yeah. All day. Yep. That, and, uh, that's when it gets real tough. It can easily happen. Easily. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, we're not Heath Baker, so it could happen to us for oh, sure. Yeah. Like, but, I have no, uh, what do you call it, that uh, expectations, expectations yeah. of us winning anything. It, it's just a fun day riding around in the truck, making some stands. Cool stuff happens, it seems like. Oh, yeah. You know. It's always a good time. You guys had the back. story about Russell. I mean, that was during a tournament. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's always fun getting back to the tournament and talking with all the guys oh, yeah. and yep. gir- girls. And it's great. <laughs> talking about, um, you know, guys saying, yeah, go kill them all, see them, see them. So, I uh, got a buddy of ours that uh, sent us a message and said, hey, got these coyotes out here. And I want to know there's no, like, ill feelings in this. I think it's absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. But, uh that morning, he seen six coyotes and said, hey, will you come, come out here and see? If, I know you like doing it. Come out here and see if you can kill some. Like, shoot, ain't got to ask me twice. Right. You know, so that afternoon, that evening, right before dark, we Ain't got to put them up, Brad. Exactly. <laughs> Say less. We took off, and uh, I don't know if I should tell this whole story or not. but <laughs> I, I've heard the story. It's funny. Yeah, I haven't we, heard this. We went out, and uh, we're calling him, and I was going through what I felt like was a picture-perfect stand, like 
there was going to be a coyote any second. Like I had that feeling. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a little bit later. I hear this gunshot. Oh, boom. And I was like, oh, it's oh, muzzleloader season. Forgot about that. And uh, so whatever, you know, just didn't think about the mud. And the other shot, it just kind of echoed hardtail where it was. A little bit later, it's probably, I don't know, five, ten minutes later, got a group to serenade to me. One of those things I could talk to earlier, but Heath never came in. Mm-hmm. So I was like, gosh, dang, man, like, happened again. So we get back to the truck, start heading home. I sent the guy a message and said, hey, man, like, uh, you definitely got coyotes, seen the tracks in the snow, blah, blah, blah. I said, but they don't like me. I can't get them to come in. Like, I don't know what's going on. The second time I've been to that property, same thing's happened. And he goes, send me a message back. He goes, well, you had at least one coming. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He goes, the neighbor seen him before you did. <laughs> <laughs> so the neighbor, like this this farm's on, a, it's in the shape of an L, and the neighbor has that inside portion. Yeah. And the neighbor seen this dog streaking. He, he couldn't hear us calling, and he didn't see our truck. Right. This dog streaking across his field, and they have a shoot on site policy out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy had a gun in his truck, went and got it, and the uh, dog was streaking to us, <laughs> and he shot at it. And I don't know if he got it or not. I hope yeah. he did. But, uh, yeah, no, no malintent. Like, he didn't know oh, you yeah, were. He had no yet. idea. Just, it is what it is. It's and just kind of funny. But it, so they have a problem with him because uh, with coyotes out there messing with the cows, and they have a hog, hog facility. Mm-hmm. They're, they're messing with livestock. They want them gone for a nuisance. We're out there for, you know, fun. one to help them with the nuisance, but also it's a lot. It's, it's, cow fun. it's enjoyable yeah. activity, and so there's a purpose behind what he was doing. I have no no ill feelings whatsoever. I think it's hilarious because I was sitting like, what did I do wrong, man? I come, suck. Come to find out, there was one, but I think I thought it was hilarious. So that's yeah. funny. We've all had like that. I think that's what's so fun about coyote hunting. It's just we've all had cool you know doesn't it seem like more crazy shit happens coyote hunting than deer hunting oh for sure you know what i'm saying like just off the wall funny weird sometimes silly yep. you know stuff because so unpredictable yeah and these tournaments are really when you get a lot of that happening because you know you're you're going sun up to well sometimes sundown depending on where you happen to check yeah. in but you're, you're going sun up to sundown i mean so I don't know how many sits. We should probably count Saturday how many we do. Yeah. And just go, like, all these different opportunities for stuff to happen, whether it's coyote-related or not. Maybe you're sitting there and a cow walks up behind you guys as you're trying to get it done or, or whatever. I watched – you remember John Collins, the one of the stands he actually killed a coyote on. He had these donkeys. Yes. And cows come up on him. He's like, I'm not going to kill anything. And the next thing you yep. know, he gets a coyote to come through that opening, kills it, and he's just like, can't believe it. <laughs> you know, just funny stuff like that, man. That's pretty cool. So uh, it was a great show today. We appreciate uh, Heath coming on. And like I said, he was he had people in from Pennsylvania doing some hunting, and um, they were graciously in the background listening. We should have had them just join with him. But uh, – we appreciate him coming on and spending some time with us. He's got to get up early in the morning and do some more hunting. Yep. So, got anything else? That's it. Dad joke? I mean, no. you gave us a story, so I guess. I think that's all we're going to get out of him. I hate a story, but I mean, I, I don't really up, up for a dad joke at the moment. You need to check your database. <laughs> don't do that. What? I'm just, I'm just feeling down. I just don't like it. I mean, I got a, got a letter in the mail, and there was a, an envelope that was full of parsley. And uh, I couldn't understand it. And my wife looked at me, what's that? And I said, oh, it's an envelope full of parsley. It's like, 
Somebody garnished your wages. There's <laughs> <laughs> my paycheck. Comes through in the clutch yep, at nice. the end. You know what's funny is like we didn't even realize there was a joke until about three sentences into it. Either. I know. You literally started patting me. I started like, here comes. Like, hey, <laughs> it's going to happen. That it's one wasn't happen. very good. I missed the execution. Hey, I'll take it. I'll it's take good. it. All right, boys. Have a good night.